Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right, fans. Five fans to the two-minute round. Your hooks and jabs. Your hooks and jabs. Look at female boxing. This is episode 125. My name is Felipe Leon, calling from, oh, actually, from Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico, and with us from the Bay Area of Northern California is none other than Mrs. Lupi Gutierrez. Lupi, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Hi, hi, David. Hi, Lupi. And like she just mentioned, from uh, the Inland Empire, just east of Los Angeles, California, is Mr. David Gutierrez. David, how are you doing tonight? Uh, David Gutierrez is okay, but David Avila is here today. Oh, I'm sorry, David Gutierrez. That's a lawyer that works out of uh, San Diego. He's actually a, a boxing guy. I don't know why I said. I don't know why I said Gutierrez. I'm sorry about that. Uh, David, Mr. David Avila, how rude of me. But. Um, <laughs> We were to have Miss Christy Martin with us today, which was going to be a great show. But unfortunately, she did let us know earlier today that she was feeling a little bit under the weather. So we'll try to have her on the show uh, be, uh, sometime soon. And we wish her from everybody here in the two-minute round a uh, quick recovery. I'm sure it's nothing serious. Hopefully, I think she's maybe just having a cold or something like that. So with that said, um, we're going to go on with the show here. And we do have... Some stuff to talk about, what has gone on in the last two or three weeks, also what is coming up, and then obviously some of the news that has happened in uh, female boxing. Starting on Saturday, February 19th from Manchester, UK in the United Kingdom on The Zone, Natasha Jonas, a career lightweight or even lower, went ahead and scored a, a technical knockout in the second round of a Schedule 10 over Chris Namus. Uh, to capture the vacant WBO 154-pound title. Um, Namus was a late replacement. Uh, I don't remember who the original... Um, who the original... Iwa Piakowska. Iwa but she fell out. And Chris Namus from Uruguay stepped in. Uh, unfortunately, she stepped in to get stopped. Lupe, what did you think of this fight? Yeah, I continue to be impressed with Natasha. You know, but I was surprised about Chris's performance. I mean, it didn't even go to the scorecards. But, um, uh, you know, I mean, Natasha went up three weight classes, and she just she knocked down and then knocked out the more experienced, bigger opponent. I mean, she, I love the way she fights. She boxes beautifully. I mean, she uses the ring. She's got the power, and she showed that in that first round knockdown and second round TKO. David, do you, you know, there's a saying in, uh, in boxing that a good little, a good big fighter will beat a good little fighter. But here we have the instance of maybe we had a very, very good little fighter going against a good or an average bigger fighter. And she ended up winning, but were we expecting Jonas to knock her out? It was one of those things where she's so much, I, I hate to say it, but she's very skilled, as we saw when she <laughs> fought Terry Harper and, and uh, Katie Taylor. And that kind of skill, it translates any any weight class that she can fight. And then uh, it's just, she's like a 10 and she's fighting a 7. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, looking at Jonas's record, she's 11-2 and two with one draw and eight knockouts. So 
by going with her knockout ratio, which is at 57%, she, she seems to hit pretty hard. Because one thing that we have spoken to here about on the show, and one thing that you're a big proponent of, David, is that with the two-minute round, there just isn't enough time to be able to score a knockout. And with that said, Jonas is almost at 60% knockout ratio as a pro. Um, she only has two losses. Their last one back in May of 2021 against Katie Taylor, going the unanimous decision. And then before that, I remember this fight back in 2018. Surprisingly, in August, she got stopped in fourth round by Vivian Obinoff. Um, since then, she had won three in a row. She had a, a draw against Terry Harper in a in a fight that a lot of people saw her win. Then she had that loss against Tatey Taylor, and then she came back and won against uh, Vida uh, Maziocati, which was expected since she only had a, a record of 2-11-4 by the time they faced. And then she went ahead and stepped up two weight divisions to fight Chris Namus. So now she is the WBO Super Welterweight title with um, – with, um, Anna Ranking, who we're going to talk about in a, in a, a little bit on, later on in the show, the WBA champion, um, the WBC champion being Patricia Bergult from Sweden, and then the IBF champion um, from Canada, once again, Mary Eve DeCary, after she lost to, um, um, who was it? Uh, Clarissa Shields. Clarissa. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um the, uh, the division is wide open. Let's see if we could get them to face each other. But, you know, Natasha Jonas, I haven't seen, and I don't know if you guys have seen, if she's going to decide to stay at 154 or if she's going to actually go back down to 135. Have Have you guys seen any of that? No. No, not at all. She might be right. keeping her options open, uh, you know, fight all those divisions. Go in reverse. Well, with that said, we go to Friday, February 25th from Tokyo, Japan. Ayaka Miyao scored a majority decision over Eri Matsuda in a 10-rounder to capture the vacant IBF Adam, Adam, Autumnweight title. Adam? That's how you say it. Autumnweight yeah. title. Scores there mm-hmm. were 96-94 two times and 95-95. And on the same card, which was an all-female fight card with six total bouts, Nane Suzuki scored a split decision uh, win over Mika Iwakawa in a 10-rounder to defend her WBO Adam Weight title. Scores there were 96-94 two times and, uh, and 96-94 for Iwakawa. So, obviously, we didn't get a feed from Japan for this. I know that we reported it on the PriceFighters.com. Anything that our Japanese correspondent mentioned about the fight card, David, that we should know about? Uh, well, the the um, the uh, Suzuki fight was a. I take it back. The Matsuda fight that was a rematch, and uh, it was close in that fight, and it was a close fight again, and um, they may do it again because there's. It seems like all the good atom weights are in two countries, uh, Mexico and Japan, and uh, yeah. unless Mexico. Uh, Finds a, a promoter willing to bring them over, to probably be fighting each other. Well, the Japanese yes. will fight the Japanese, Mexicans will fight the Mexicans. Well, at the atom yeah. weight, which is the 102 pound division, which is yeah. it's you know it's uh, unique to female boxing. Um, the IBF win champion is Ayaka Miyao, how we just mentioned, and Naki Suzuki is the WBO champion. But the WBC champion is from the Czech Republic, who is Fabiana Bitiki, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. And Luisa Haddon from Australia is the interim champion. And the WBA champion is Montserrat Larraya Larcón from Mexico. So like you say, David, there is a Mexican world champion, but there's also one from the Czech Republic. And it's just a matter, I don't see how Japan would bring somebody. I mean, we've seen them bring Mexican fighters to Japan to fight. Um, yeah. Fabiana Bisiki hasn't really done much in Czech Republic for fight uh, there, um, you know. So we'll see if anything can arise um, in the 102 102 pound division. But that's a very 
forgotten about division. I mean, like we mentioned, Alarcón is a Mexican champion. And we would expect for her, um, for her to have some kind of action, being that Mexico does follow female boxing better than other uh, countries. And she hasn't fought. Well, she actually just fought um, back in. Um, Back in uh, uh, December 4th of 2021, um, defending her title uh, via majority decision against Sylvia Torres. So she has gotten in uh, Las Vegas. What's that? I I know I saw on Instagram she was in Las Vegas or something. Alarcón? Yeah. What's that? Okay. Well, let's see if we get some more uh, action from them, and maybe we can get some unification fights from the champions. And lastly, in the uh, in the fight results on Saturday, February 26, from Zambia, Kuzakawashi Chiwandiri scored a split decision win over Catherine Fitty to capture the super bantamweight 122-pound title, in interim 122-pound title. No scores were reported on BoxRec, but the 122-pound regular WBC champion is Yamiles Mercado, who actually defeated Catherine Fidi, I believe, to win the title. Um, and now Fidi got a, had a chance to fight for the interim, but she was upset by uh, Chiwandiri from Zimbabwe. So let's see if Chiwandiri, with only a record of five wins, two losses, one draw, four of those wins coming by knockout, gets to be a Jamiles Mercado future opponent. If Mercado defends her title in March, this month actually, against former super flyweight champion, uh, Sulima Laloba Munoz. So that's what we have in the fight results, which wasn't a lot of action in the last three weeks, um, but we do have a little bit more action coming up in the next couple weeks with our next show scheduled for March 17th. But we are going to talk a a little bit about some fights that have been um, announced this week it was made official the world title unification uh, title fight between WBC flyweight champion Marlene Esparza and the WBA queen Naoko Fuyoka of Japan the scheduled 10 round bout will take place on Saturday April 9th in San Antonio Texas on the undercard of Ryan Garcia against Emmanuel Tagao it's not official official no so Golden Boy has not um has not um, announced it officially, David? No. No, what, what there's they, an agreement. They've agreed uh-huh. to fight each other, but they haven't signed contracts. They're still pending visas. Uh-huh. Oh, the Alcocioca's visa is pending? Yeah. How, how, when do they expect for that to happen? Well, it's, it's, it should happen any day. Maybe by tomorrow morning. Yeah, because if she got it with for Salem, she'll get it again, right? Yeah, what happened is that she was approved for for March nineteenth, uh, but then they changed the date and the visa expired, be, uh, you know, mm-hmm. right after that date for the twentieth. So they need a new visa to extend for April ninth to take place. That's taking place in uh, San Antonio now. So they need a, a- they have to renew a visa. It's not a six-month visa? Is that a what? It's not for six months when they get approved the, no. for the first time? Oh. No, it's not. Interesting. Well, I mean, there it is. I mean, more than likely it's going to happen, although David gives us the information that it's not official. It's being talked about on social media and in press releases that it's a done deal, but obviously there's more details uh, to go on uh, when you have an international fighter like Nakoko Fuyoka yeah. coming in from a different country, and especially now mm-hmm. with with COVID, but it seems like Japan is opening their borders, so I don't see why there should be a problem yeah. that because they are opening borders. They just announced that Gennady Golovkin and Ryoto Murata are going to be fighting, I believe, in April or Thank May. You. Yeah, no, it's on April 9th, the same day. Is that uh, fight? Okay, uh-huh. so it is on April ninth. Um, so we we expect for Naoko Fuyoka to be able to come into the country since Japan yeah. has stricter rules going into their country than coming out. Exactly. So, 
So we do expect mm-hmm. it. It's a very enticing. It's a very exciting fight. We have a Marlene Esparza, who her record is of. Let me just go over her record real quick. Um, eleven and one with only one knockout. She scored her knockout uh, back in uh, April of 2018. So it's gonna be four years since she knocked somebody out, and that was Loetzia. Campana, who was two and four at the time that they faced each other at the Belasco Theater. Campana was stopped standing in the third round of a schedule eight. And obviously the only loss in, in Estrada's, um, Malena Esparza's, I mean, Esparza's uh, record, Esparza being a 2012 bronze medalist in the London Olympics, is to Siniestra Estrada that she lost a technical decision in the ninth round of a schedule 10 and at the MGM Grand Grand in Las Vegas back in 2019. Since then, mm-hmm. uh, last year in June, Esparza uh, defeated you via unanimous decision in El Paso. He bet La Roca Zamora to capture the, the WBC flightweight title, and she has defended it one time against Anabel La Vispa Ortiz, dropping Ortiz in the second and fifth round, scoring unanimous decision, Back in December, Ortiz, a former WBA uh, strawweight champion. So that is Esparza and Naoko. I mean, there's really not much that we could say about Naoko that people don't already know. She's considered quite possibly the best Japanese female fighter of all time. She's 19-2 and with one draw, 46 years old, seven knockouts. Uh, She's coming off... uh, a win over Sulem Urbina back in July of last year, scoring the majority decision there in L.A. Um, who did she beat? She, I think she beat Irma Sanchez back in 2018. No, I don't believe that could be so. Who did she beat? To she win? beat Mariana Juarez. She beat Mariana Juarez beat, to beat the title? Uh, she, did, she beat her in uh, Mexico City to win the title. One of the titles. She has five division titles. In, that was back in 2015. So how long has she had this yeah. title? Let me see. Oh, I, I don't know about this one in particular. Uh, she's had this title since since March 13, 2017. So so she beat. Uh, it looks like she beat Isabel Millan, and I guess it was vacant. Yeah, it was. It possibly was vacant. And she beat Isabel Millan back in March of 2017. She defended against Irma Sanchez in Tokyo, Japan in September 2018. She scored a draw against 10K Tsunami um, in July to defend it once again in 2019. And then she defended it the last time against Sulem Morbina. But what can be said about Naoko Fuyoka? She's fought the best in the division. She's won titles in different... um, She's won titles in different um, divisions. She's beat Yocasta Valle, who's a champion right now. She beat Isabel Millan, who was a champion. Um, she beat Shindo Go. She beat Mariana Juarez. Uh, she beat uh, uh, Anabel Ortiz. Uh, and the only losses in her her only losses have been when she's when she's fought outside her country. Her first loss came in November 2014 in Germany. Losing a unanimous decision against Susie Kentikian. And then in 2016, she lost um, a unanimous decision to Jessica Chavez in Mexico. And that was a very highly contested fight where a lot of people saw Fuyoka win. So it's two established world champions at 112 pounds. Unification fight, WBA, WBC. The only question here, Lupi, for me is... Is this a night that Fuyoka shows that she's 46 years old? You know, she's a specimen, quite the specimen. I mean, there's nobody like her. There really isn't. She's just an, a, a different kind of 46-year-old. I mean, it's it, like you said, it's an exciting fight. Um, but like her other fights, Marlene, this is going to be another tough one. Marlene's been taking the tough fights, and I this is going to be yeah. tough. I think really tough. And uh, it's, but I do think one incentive that Marlene has, and she's going to try to use as your advantage mentally, is that Sulem Urbina lost to Nyoka. But it's going to be tough. David, what do you see, you know, that could be um, 
Esparza's strong suit against Fioca and vice versa. What can Fioca do to make the night a difficult one for Esparza on April 9th? And what could Esparza do to make the night difficult one for Fioca? Well, well, uh, Miracle, she's really well known for her stamina. She has great stamina, and she's very strong. Uh, those are her two main assets. Uh, Marlon is more known for her boxing skills. She's a, a tough, she's very tough. She's tougher than people realize. And and she has very good movement. And she's been in the boxing game enough to know how to uh, use her uh, her agility to stay out of the way of uh, Fujioka. Can she do for 10 rounds? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, that is the question. If she can withstand the power of, Fuy- not the power, but the, the relentlessness of Fuyoka and vice versa, if Fuyoka can deal with the speed and the and the movement and the technicality of Esparza, because Esparza, we've criticized her here on the show a little bit where we felt that her, her she had not switched to the... Uh, pro style as quicker or as quickly as we wanted her as a pro but we can't deny her her technicality and obviously her talent and and her pedigree as far as you know her amateur career and and winning a bronze medal in the 2012 olympics so i think that's something that fuyokas have to contend with she kind of saw it a little bit with sulem rubina sulem rubina a very decorated amateur, an amateur with a lot of experience, a pro fighter with a lot of experience. So I think Fuyoka saw some of that uh, technicality mm-hmm. and that kind of boxing style. But I think Esparza, obviously, it's it's a notch. She's a notch higher than Urbina, being that, you know, not only did she defeat her multiple times in the amateurs, but she also defeated her in, uh, in the pros. Uh, I'm talking about Esparza defeating Urbina. So... I think that's going to be a, 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 a difference there. So we'll see what happens in that fight April 9th. If it happens to be official, like we mentioned, it's not official yet, but more than likely it will. But a fight that is official yeah. and it doesn't have any, um, any, um, re, any problems with visas is uh, Michaela Mayer against Jennifer Hahn also set for April 9th from the hangar in Costa Mesa, California, right outside of really? L.A. and Orange County. Mayer will be defending her WBO and IBF Super Featherweight titles against the former champion from Texas on ESPN. Mayer has stated after the fight she would like to face the winner of Taylor Serrano. So, David, you seem a little bit surprised. You're surprised of the mm-hmm. fight, which I think you knew about, or are you surprised of the venue? I- yeah, I'm surprised at the site. I, I thought it was going to be in Las Vegas, but uh, uh, having it in Orange County makes sense because she hasn't fought in Southern California, her native you know base, in a long time, and now she's champion. And it's a it's an opportunity for her friends to come and see her, and I'm sure they're going to pack that place up. It's a great venue. I really like that place, the OC Hangar, and um, yeah, me too. Has, it's one of the best places to watch a fight. Mhm. Ah, okay, okay. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I was there. Uh, when was I there? A couple of months ago, when I went to see that Raquel Miller fight when she came back. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of info on Jennifer Hahn, um, 38 years old. That's a surprise to me. I didn't think she was 38. Uh, she just had a baby not too long ago. That's why she has not seen a lot of action. She didn't see action from 2018 to 2020, and that's because she gave birth to a child, 18 and four with one draw, only one knockout. And that knockout happened back in, uh, back in 2011, stopping David Morrison, oh, David Morrison. That's a weird name for a female fighter. Who was <laughs> um, at that time, Morrison did not answer the bell for round four. Um, she started her pro, her pro, uh, Pro career in 2001, losing a majority decision to Melissa Saintville in New Mexico. She then when she went ahead and drew against Nidia Feliciano. After that, she defeated Chris, Crystal Hoy, uh, Jenny Taylor, 
and then this is quite a. Um, well, actually, she she defeated Lisa Marie Lozano. Uh, one second. Uh, she's defeated uh, uh, Christina Reese, Fatuma Sarika, Helen Joseph, uh, Calista Silgado, Liliana Martinez, Olivia Garula, Lisbeth Crespo, Jerry Stitz. And then her only losses have only been to Claudia Gutierrez, Ji Hee Woo in, in Korea, and Katie Taylor in her last fight, September of last year, uh, losing a unanimous decision in... Um, in uh, Leeds um, at 135 pounds. So the fact that she's coming back down to 130 and facing Mayer, I think might be a little bit better for her, Lupi, as far as Han, because she did make her career at 126 and uh, around 126, and now she's going to be back closer to 130 than 135 against Katie Taylor. Do you think that helps her uh, in this fight, Lupi, being that she's going to be at 130 and not 135? Yeah, of course it helps her. And that weight is going to be natural weight. It's probably, you know, more closer to walking around weight after having the baby. And, David, you know, Michaela Mayer has a three-inch advantage as far as height and as far as in reach. She has a um, oh, a uh, only a half an inch advantage in, in reach, but I think that three-inch height advantage it's going to make a difference in this fight. Other than that, what else do you think Mayer can do to have a, 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 a an easy win against Han, who is very experienced? I don't think it's going to be easy. Uh, I, I, first of all, they, they both came up in the amateur program in, in the U.S., and it's a strong, it's been a strong program for many, many decades. It's just that you know for a long time there was no Olympics to go to. But they've always had a strong program for the last 30 years, almost. And uh, I think it's going to be a good fight. Uh, the one thing that Mayer just has to worry about is weight. You know, she, she wants to move up. She's hanging back to, so she can be undisputed. And that's the only thing. But uh, she has a good team, a great team. And if she can make that weight, she should, you know, she should uh, be able to uh, be victorious, but it's it's not going to be easy. Now, yeah, I mean, can, go I ahead, just, can I just add, I mean, you're right, it isn't going to be easy, you know, and Michaela has to stay busy, and Jennifer Hahn, I mean, she's ranked number six, you know, and she brings the fans, she fought some names, and, and she went 10 rounds with Katie Taylor, so she's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, now, if, how long should Mayor, let's say Mayor beats Han, right? And then, you know, we got Huming Choi for the WBA, and we got um, Alicia Baumgartner for the WBC, 130 pounds, both of them with matchroom boxing. So this fight's in April with Mayor and Han. I mean, do you think, Lupi, that Mayor should hang around? And she kind of alluded to it, but I want your your opinion. Do you think that she should hang for the rest of the year? at 130 and really push those fights? Or do you think she yeah. should go up to 135 sooner? I say push all the fights. Push all the fights, stir it all up, take it all, and move on. I, I really, I think she's capable. I think she's capable of doing it. Now, David, you know, I, I, I feel, and the mayor is very, very um, vocal on social media, I feel that after this fight, if she comes out unscathed from this fight, she's really, really going to push even harder to um, to unify the titles. But if if we get a winner of Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano at the end of April, you know, it could be a draw, so that's why I say if we get a winner. And they go after Mayer um, in the second half of, so whoever wins that, Katie Taylor or Serrano, and they go after Mayer in the second half of of um, of the year, do you think it would be a wise choice for Mayer to just say, you know what, I tried, I did my best, I, I unified two titles, I had a fight against Hamadouche, I won it, I unified, these other girls don't want to fight, I'm going up in weight, and if they want to, and I'm going to face the winner, Taylor Serrano, and if they want to see me at 135, we could do that. 
Do you think that that's a fair thing for mayor to say? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Because for one thing, fighting uh, the winner of Serrano and Katie Taylor is going to bring a lot more money than than it would if she were to hang back and wait for Baumgartner or Choice. There's not going to be as much money. I don't think so. I mean, I could be surprised, and or or I could be wrong, and they do offer that much money, but I doubt it because that Serrano and Kitty Taylor winner is going to be much more lucrative. And this is prize fighting. It's about fighting for the biggest prize, not the most Mm -hmm. titles. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I think that Mayer has a a good fight against Jennifer Hahn. I do see her as the favorite. But, you know, it's a good name. It's a former world champion. It could do something for her career. It kind of keeps her busy to see what Hugh Min Choi and Alicia Baumgartner want to do. So uh, I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I I, I kind of hate the fact that it's gonna be on the same night as Marlene Esparza and Naoko Fioka if that if that fight yeah. becomes official. But I don't think it's gonna be at the same time because it looks like, I mean I might be wrong because they haven't. It looks like I it. Huh, it looks like um. Like Mayer might be the main event because in the on the undercard it looks like we have Giovanni Santillan who is not a world title. And then we have Jason Maloney, and that's not a world title either. And we have Andrew Maloney there as well, and that's not a world title. So I think that she's going to be the uh, the uh, world title. She's going to be – oh, and actually, who's, who's on the card as well is the debut of Virginia – how do you say your last name? Like Fuchs? Fuchs? Oh, Fuchs? Yeah, her oh, debut really? is going to be on that card with against uh, Kendra nice. Bradley, uh, one win, four losses at flyweight. Wait, who? Kendra Bradley is the uh, opponent. Beja one in four Bradley. from the USA. It doesn't even say what city she's from. She fought. Uh, she fought Melinda, She beat Melinda Shipley back in 2020 in Tennessee, and then she lost to Ashley. Cicente in South Carolina. She lost to Nicole Shilsom in Iowa. She lost to Sarah Ligman in Nebraska. And she lost to actually Cicente again in South Carolina. So she's been doing a little bit of a uh, a tour of the Midwest, losing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, and then she has How one win. How do you spell her first name? Kedra, K as in Kedra, K-E-D-R-A. Oh. Bradley, oh, African-American. Kedra. African America, a woman 25 years old. So that's going to be uh, Virginia mm, okay. uh, opponent. So that's what actually weight? pretty cool. What's that? 112. You had a banner weight? No, oh, uh, lightweight. So it's going to be kind of cool for Mayer and 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 and, uh, and Fush to fight on the same card because oh, they are yeah. best friends and, and all that. So that should be a pretty good uh, pretty good fight card there. So we look forward to that oh, on yeah. April 9th. Also, last week it was announced Scotland's Hannah Rankin will look to make her first defense of the WBA Super Welterweight title against Mexican Alejandra Ayala on Saturday, April 23rd. The fight will take oh. place in Glasgow Brayhead Arena and will be televised in the United States on pay-per-view. So Hannah Rankin, who captured that title in her last fight, is going to be defending against Alejandra Ayala, who is originally from Mexico City but lives now in Tijuana. Uh, Hannah Rankin is 11 and five with two uh, with two knockouts. She's been stopped once by Savannah Marshall back in October of 2020. She beat Maria Maria Lindbergh for the vacant uh, WBA title and another uh, French title, the IBO, with the unanimous decision in London. And she's going to be making her first defense against Ayala. Ayala who uh, for once, for a little bit of time, and we actually had a, a, we talked to her about it. I did an interview with her. She was the interim boxing commissioner here in Tijuana, but left that um, post so that she could concentrate on her boxing career. She's 33 years old, 14 and five with eight knockouts. She's only been stopped once. And I think that time that she was stopped was by the same fighter, Savannah Marshall. But, um, but, Ayala is a natural welterweight, and she went up to 164 to fight Marshall. So that kind of 
gives us the idea of why um, she was stopped. But she also fight she fought Murray Eve DeCarey in a in an eight rounder in mm-hmm. Canada at 155, and she went the distance. Um, she fought her again at welterweight in 2018 and went the ten round distance there. Um, but you know Ayala is a good fight. She's a tough fighter. I can't say she's a good fighter, but I think she's gonna be a a, a formidable opponent for Hannah Ranking in her yeah. first defense. And one thing about Ayala yeah. is that he is being trained by former WBA super welterweight champion Alejandro Terra Garcia here in Tijuana, and he's going to be making that trip with her to Scotland. So Alejandro Ayala mm. challenging Hannah Rankin for that super welterweight WBA title. And lastly, in our fight shadow, speaking of Savannah Marshall, her defense of her WBO middleweight title comes against former champion Femke Herman on April 2nd and will he- headline a, a fight card on Sky Sports in the UK. The original date was in March. It was moved. And now Savannah Marshall will fight against Femke Herman. And then it's expected if she comes out uh, with her hand raised in that fight, she's going to face Clarissa Shields sometime later in the year. Any thoughts on that uh, Marshall against Femke Herman fight? Savannah beats Femke. It's a matchup on paper. Yeah, I mean, Femke Herman's 12-3, and three, five knockouts. She's never been stopped. Um, her losses have only come to World-class opposition in Alicia Napoleon Espinosa back in 2018. She went the unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. Clarissa Shields back in 2018. Also, she lost the unanimous decision. And then Eileen said Ruse, um, majority decision over Femke Hermans back in 2019. Since those losses, she's won three times, but she's had very little action. She fought twice in 2020, once in 2021. And then she fought, um, and then she has this fight against Savannah Marshall. So that be, might be something that is against her, is that her lack of activity. She's actually only fought 13 rounds in the last three years. She went three rounds with wow. Bratislava Goranova in 2020. She went 10 rounds with Luisa Davidova in 2020. And then she went three rounds with Lily Yumali in 2021 so in the last three years wow. she's only fought 13 rounds so that's not a lot of action and now she's going to be facing savannah marshall who's 11 and 0 nine knockouts with an 82 percent knockout ratio it's pretty impressive oh yeah um so the good we'll thing is, is that herman the good thing is, is that herman's only 32 so she's not too old you know what i mean her age is good and this yeah. is going to be and this is going to be Savannah Marshall's third defense over that WBO, vacant WBO title. She won against Hannah Rankin, stopping her in the seventh round. She defended it once against Mary, Maria Lindbergh, stopping her in the third round back in 2021 in April. She captured the title on Halloween 2020. Then she defended it against Lolita Musella, who she stopped in two rounds. And now she's going to be going against Femke Hermans. If I had to put money on it, I'm going to bet on the knockout. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Well, that is uh, what we have in the fight chatter. And moving up to our upcoming calendar, we have uh, Saturday, March 5th in the Czech Republic, Fabiana Bitiki in a non-title fight against Ivanka Ivanova in an eight-rounder at 108 pounds. Like we had mentioned at the beginning of the show, Bitiki is the current WBC 102-pound champion. But here, she's going to be in a non-title affair at 108 in her hometown of in her home country of the Czech Republic on the same night this Saturday in San Diego, California at the Pechanga Arena, formerly known as the San Diego Sports Arena on the zone. I mean, I'm not sure if this is going to be televised on the main the zone card. You might be able to find it on I don't know, on the zone, may or may not. I'm not 100 sure, but Sky Nicholson is going to be making her pro debut against Jessica Juarez in a six-rounder at 126 pounds. Uh, I know that Jessica Juarez is a product of USA Amateur Boxing. Lupi, why don't you tell us a little bit about her? Uh, what can we expect from Juarez, who is 3-0 and going against a pro debuter? 
you can expect a lot of bit. She'll be really busy. Um, she she's formed former Team USA. I mean, she's national champion, beautiful brothers champion. But she had a baby um, last year. So and that baby's pretty. I don't even think the baby's one yet. So we'll have to see how she comes out. But she's still she young. Jessica White has had a baby. Yeah, like a, okay. maybe a year, not even a year ago. I mean, baby's little because we're friends on Facebook. Her baby's a dink. So oh, we'll wow. see, you know, we'll see how she goes. But she's tough. She's working. I see her working. David, are you going to be at that we card? Oh, yes, I will. Okay, I'm trying to see if I, if I make it to that card. If I make it to that card, I'm going to look for this fight, and um, and I'll look for you, David. Friday, March 11th from Quebec, Canada. Kim Clavel takes on Mariela Rivera Valverde in a 10-rounder for her WBC silver light flyweight title. And in Panama City, Panama, Argentinian oh, veteran Jessica Tutti Bob takes on former interim WBA light flyweight champion Jessica Neri Plata for the WBA world title, super world title at 108 pounds. And on Saturday, March the 12th in Northern Hampshire, Northern Hampshire, England, on the zone, Terry Harper go, comes back after her loss against Alicia Baumgartner, moving up to 135 pounds to take on Jamila Belen Abellaneda for the vacant WBA Intercontinental title. Obviously, this fight was supposed to be against Heather Hardy, but Heather Hardy ended up... Uh, Suffering some kind of like she fell, she cut her hand or something to that effect. She injured her wrist. Yeah. Injured her wrist, so she was yes. she had to pull out from this fight. She did mention on her social media that she would like to uh, reschedule, um, but they did find an opponent in Jamila Belen Avellaneda. Let's see what she looks like because I could almost imagine from her. Um, name that she's Argentinian, so <laughs> with that triple name, so uh, let's see what we're looking at here. <laughs> oh, there she is. She is Argentinian. Actually, not bad. 13 and 4 with one draw, three knockouts. I mean, that's a pretty good, uh, a pretty good okay. opponent. I mean, I think that um, Heather Hardy had a better record, but Heather Hardy is a natural um, fe- featherweight. And when yeah, we had her at 135 pounds, she had not looked her best. And here in um, in Avellaneda, we do have a natural lightweight um, in this Argentinian. She has not lost since 2019. She has gone on a little bit of a streak, but not against anybody of note. Her losses have been to Adriana Dos Santos Araujo of Brazil, Patricia Bergut, who was 10-0 at 142 pounds, and Mary Eve DeCary, um, who weighed in at 150 when she fought this Argentinian, who weighed in at 144 back in 2018, and she went to unanimous mm. decision with her. Then she also has a loss against former 135-pound champion Rose Volante of Brazil. So one thing that we could see from this Argentinian, in her four losses, she has never been stopped, and she has, hasn't been stopped by way heavier fighters. So I think that at least in looking for the knockout, Terry Harper has her work cut out for her. Um, can she mm-hmm. win the fight? Probably. Is she going to be a little bit fragile from what we saw against Alicia Baumgartner? Probably. But... <laughs> You know, it's a pretty good, good opponent. And also on the same card, Sandy Ryan. What's that, David? No, I'm saying good point. <laughs> and, um, and also on that card, we have 3-0 Sandy Ryan from Derby, uh, England. And she's going to be taking on Erika Farias, former world champion, who's 26-5. and wow. So she's taking a big jump in, uh, in opposition, sure 100 and, uh, 140 pounds. She has only been in, before uh, Faria, she has been in Christy Babington, Alexandra Vujovic, and Maria Soledad Capriolo, stopping uh, Vujovic and Capriolo. And in Faria, she's taking on somebody that has seen it all, 
26 and 5, yep. never been stopped, 10 knockouts, 37 years old. You know, she has been the WBC lightweight champion. She's been, um, I think, a 130-pound champion uh, in the past as well. Um, yep. Gave Mayer a hard time. She's only lost to world-class world opposition. She lost to Delphine Persoon in 2014. She fought. She lost to Cecilia Breckhouse in 2017. Um she lost to Jessica McCaskill in 18, again to Jessica McCaskill in 19, and Mayer in 21. At 130 pounds, she went down from 140 to 130. Um, so in her last five fights, she's actually two and three, two and three. Um, but she does have wins against Jamelit Esther Reynoso, Ana Laura Esteche. Uh, she's beating Victoria Bustos. She beat Clara Svensson, handing her her first defeat. She beat La Locomotora Alejandra Olivares, a veteran Argentinian fighter. Uh, she beat Mary McGee in Argentina. I mean, this is no slouch. And oh, no. Ryan, only, she beat Melissa Hernandez. Um, so, so Sandy Ryan only at three and no. I don't know, David and Lupe. I'm smelling. <laughs> I mean, if Sandy Ryan beats Farias, that's going to be something to talk about. But I'm smelling. A re a repeat of um, Zulina Barrios against Melissa Hernandez a couple years ago oh, when she man. did a lot more than she could chew, and we saw that in the ring, Lupi. What do you think? Yeah, you're right. You know they they built her up. She was the next new girl on the block. Yeah, and they underestimated, and that was it for her for a while. I mean, Sandy Ryan, she does have a nice amateur career, you know, but she is still three zero. I mean, she's a world championship. Silver medalist. She was team Great Britain, you know. But yeah, yeah, I, I could totally see what you're saying, and I'm, I'm smelling it too. Now, one thing, one thing about this fight that on box rec, it doesn't tell us how many rounds it's gonna be. I could only mm, imagine. Yeah. I could only imagine that this fight is gonna be at least eight rounds because at least because in her last fight. Sandy Ryan was scheduled for eight rounds, but she stopped her opponent, Maria Soledad Capriolo, in three. And I can't imagine Farias flying all the way to England to only fight six rounds or less. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so I think that has something to do with it, where Farias can control the fight to the point that could take her to deep waters. Farias has never been stopped. And out of the... Out of the three fighters that Sandy Ryan has faced to this point, only one of them had a winning record, which was her pro debut, who was three and one and two when they fought. Alexander Vujovic, when they fought, was four and fourteen and two, and Maria Soledad Capriola mm-hmm. was seven thirteen and four. So, Farias is only going to be the second fighter that she has faced with a winning record, and it's a twenty-six and five winning record. So, I don't know. I, I mean. We might want to put our money on uh, on Sandy Ryan. Not that we're betting, but um, now one thing that I find interesting is that it says that Sandy Ryan is five five uh, five five feet nine inches and a half, and Farias is only five feet four inches according to Boxrec. But quite honestly, yeah, I don't remember her being that short. I met no, her. She's not five four. Yeah, me too. She's got to be at least 5'6". Five, five, she's got to yeah, be at least 5'6". Right yeah, she's um, taller. I think, I think that Ryan's going to have... Jessica? I'm not sure, but I have a picture with her, and I'm looking for it on my phone, so that way I could kind of like... I mean, I I think she was wearing heels when we took the picture, and she's taller than... She's, I'm 5'8", and she's a little bit taller than me um in the picture. So... I'm thinking she's like five because she's wearing heels. So I'm thinking she's either like five six. Yeah, she's yeah. gotta be like five six at least because I'm five yeah, eight yeah. and I, I wasn't wearing heels that time. And she's taller. She looks taller so. than Jessica McCaskill too. So she is. So I think that's a little bit off. You know what? She kind of she's really good on on social media, and I sent her messages before on uh on um. Uh, on, on, on Instagram, I'm gonna send her a message and see if she answers me and see if I could get her actual weight, I mean actual height, 
and I'm going to update this yeah. uh, box trick uh, uh, record. Well, there you have it, folks. Saturday, March 5th, Fabiana Bitiki in an eight-rounder non-title fight in the Czech Republic. And to, on this Saturday, Sky Nicholson against Jessica Juarez in a six-rounder with Nicholson doing her pro debut. Uh, Friday, March 11th, Kim Clavel against Mariela Rivera Valverde in a 10-rounder for the WBC Silver 180-pound title. And the same night, Jessica Tutti Bob comes back against Jessica Neri Plata. That's actually a really good fight. Two uh, world champions, or at least one former world champion, Jessica Neri Plata. And then on Saturday, March 12th, Terry Harper against Jamila Belen Avellanada. I think that's a really good, more competitive fight on paper, at least, than the Heather Hardy fight. And I'm only saying that not because Heather Hardy is not a good fighter or a tough fighter. It's just that when we've seen her at 135, we have not seen the best of her. And then Sandy Ryan against Erika Farias. And of all these fights that we have mentioned, the one that I'm actually more excited about and the one that I really, really want to see now is Sandy Ryan against Erika Farias. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see that. That's going to be on the zone. So, with that said, uh, mm-hmm. our next show is scheduled for March 17th, where we're going to be talking about all these fights. We're going to give you the update if the uh, WBC Marlene Esparza against the WBA Naoko Fioka actually has gone official. So, with that said, from myself, Felipe Leon, from Lupe Gutierrez in San Francisco or near San Francisco in the Bay Area, and Mr. David Avila in the Inland Empire of Southern California. We bid you good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, all. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.